right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. From the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. All right, let's do it live on a first Friday edition of Cleveland Browns Daily. I am merely Bo, the great Gibbe here, fresh off the practice field. Um, I think most noteworthy, uh, you know, something I, 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 we didn't really wonder about it much on this program. Uh, because it felt like the logical conclusion. Are you okay? Everything yeah, okay in I, there? I, Anthony Schwartz just walked in. Oh well, Would you like can... to, You want me to bring him in? I, that'd be fine. That'd be great. I would just say off the top that there uh, that uh, the Baker Mayfield story being excused from both sides, and and that made sense for everybody. I never thought there was any chance of from both Baker's side and the Brown side that that he would be showing up at minicamp. I know that's something that a lot of people had talked about outside the organization, outside that it, it became a bit of a talking point. It never seemed realistic uh, to any of us here that that would be the case. And in the interest of both sides, it will not be the case. Um, so so that's kind of the big news coming out of this as we're coming in hot here. Anthony Schwartz in studio with us. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Wait, we got to get a mic. We got to get a, we, we need a level up. Gibby? Give me a check one, two. Check one, two. Nailed it. Perfect. How you doing, man? I'm doing really good. This has been uh, this has been really cool because it's um, when you think about this is a true off season that's being allowed to happen here. Like we haven't two years of pandemic, we haven't had what is traditionally an off season. We've seen the numbers of the guys who are here. They're here in droves. You guys are here in droves. What has it been like to be part of what is you know in the old days a traditional NFL off season? I mean, it's been great, you know, especially because this is actually my first true football offseason as well mixed with track and college and high school all to this level so this is a it's been like an eye-opener but it's great to have pretty much everyone in the building you know being able to connect those bonds being able to build on uh what we made last year and try and improve and we all know we have a lot to improve on 
So it's been great seeing everyone, all the guys just being in and pretty much everyone trying to get better. So this, you, you mentioned that, of course, your speed is is the stuff of legend. You've, you've been on a track team every spring except for this one, up until this one. Is that right? Yeah, up until the past year, I say. <laughs> that, you've always been on one. Let me ask you this. When did you know you were fast? i say probably like in eighth. Well, I, I already knew I was a little bit fast, but i say like in eighth grade is when I knew like, oh, snap, like I can actually can be a little fast and then around 10th grade is when I, my track times, I dropped down to like 10 threes, 10 two, 10 threes. And that's when I was like, damn, I am. Oh, yeah, really? <laughs> yeah. I ask cause I have, you know, like little, little, I have three little boys and, and they all, when you like, one of the things it's like the big, the worst thing you can say to them is that one of their classmates is faster than them. Now, rest assured, some of them are. Um, but, but one of the things that they constantly, like my youngest boy is constantly, he'll constantly say like, as he's running, it'd be like sonic speed. And then he tries to run even faster. So I'm always curious, like as an athlete, when do you realize you're special? Uh, so for you, it was eighth grade, 10th grade. Then it, at that point, it's gotta be just a waterfall, right? Like it starts coming fast and furious in terms of your abilities. It, it transitions onto the football side of things as well. The speed's the speed. Hey, these two things marry pretty nicely. When did you start to dream about this type of life? Well, I've kind of I've always dreamed of uh, about the NFL since I was like six or seven, and then of course growing up, getting to high school, getting those first college offers. That's kind of when it's like the dream gets you move on to that next step. Like my, like your first your dream is to play in the NFL ultimately, but you have to make those steps. So getting those deep college offers, just now I'm playing at the next level, being able to play, and then getting into college. I say going into even though it was crazy the whole COVID situation, going into my junior year, I kind of trained like like I was going into the draft pretty much. So tra try to train in that way so I can go into my junior year and be able to do what I can and show what I can and showcase myself to the NFL so where that I could come out that next year and get ho hopefully get drafted, which I was able to do. And then now I'm here. When you got here um, and you, you, you see so many familiar – I mean, it's like SEC light out there. There's so many SEC dudes on this roster. We, we tend to like – and it makes sense. It's the best conference in America. I think you can say that uh, pretty straightforward. It's been that for a while now. Um, what was it like seeing guys that you had competed against and now you're all wearing the same uniform? It was kind of crazy, but also kind of funny, like going against guys like Greedy, Grant, uh, Richard LeCount. Like those are – Especially LeCount, like we used to go like back and forth on the field. Did just you talk, really? <laughs> talking, talking, and now we're just we're on the same team and like we're all supporting each other. And it's like there's no like bad blood between us, which is like the best thing is like, you know, you hear about stories about like people coming in and like having like kind of grudges, but we came in and kind of we all have a certain we all have a goal. We all want to be good and we all want to win, and so we all came together. And it's kind of just like, kind of like banded together, kind of almost. It's funny. People up here certainly are well aware of the Iron Bowl. Everybody's aware of the Iron Bowl and what that one means. But I don't know if people up here are aware of how much vitriol there is between Auburn and Georgia, too. That that is that is it is it's it's the Deep South's oldest rivalry, I believe. Is that yeah? yeah. yeah. Um, there's a lot of dislike between those. You people up here, unless you look on a map, you don't realize how close Auburn is to the Georgia line, and and there's a lot of dislike between those two programs as well. Yeah, it goes really deep. Like there's some like honestly, probably for me. I probably hate the Georgia more than I hate Alabama just because yeah. of just because of I didn't grow up in Alabama. So that's mainly what what it is, but yeah. Like going into our our model was every year like you come to Auburn to beat Georgia, beat beat Alabama and beat LSU. Yeah. And so those are our three rivals and of course the three teams we play every year, so 
it's always, of course, it's great going against NFL talent in college and then now being able to play with those guys. It's like, it's kind of funny, but it's also like crazy still. It doesn't make it, I, I'll be very frank with you. It doesn't make a lot of sense um, when you think that you have to play those three teams every year and then the expe- expectation is to beat them all. Because if you think of the most talented teams in college football over the last decade, those four are always in the top 10 and those three that are your rivals you're talking about have won the national championships the last couple of years or played for them so it's it's an absurd thing to think that that is just an every year occurrence at a place like auburn yeah but that's why that's why we that's go, it, that's why though, we right? go there that's why you go there that's why you play in the sec yeah that's it it's funny I, you know saban did that a lot i was down there a long long time ago and i remember uh, at the time florida state was a monster program at that time miami was a monster program but there was always this thing that they could sell in the sec and especially when urban got to florida that that this the nflization of the sec come here we prepare you you come here and you go to the league and a lot of people say we've had alabama guys in here uh, i remember when mac was on the team obviously we had him on here and he thought you know and this isn't uh, it's just different way of doing things that the work that was done at Alabama in terms of the practices and how hard they were, were so much significantly tougher than it is even in the NFL in terms of the meat grinder that the sec is. Yeah. Like I'd, I'd say I'd agree with that, especially, yeah. be, especially because you get into training camp, like not that doesn't get hot here, but and down in the sec country, it gets nineties oh. feeling like hundred degrees just out there going hard, scrimmaging at the scrimmaging at the end of every week. But it's just, as as you do, it's all to prepare you for the season, all to prepare you for the next level. And then, of course, those four teams, they all have a pedigree of sending guys to the NFL. And it's just this kind of – that's why you go to those teams. You want to play the best, you want to beat the best, and then you want to go to play with the best. Well, you are uh, among the best now when you're at this level. And, and, and that rookie season for you, what was it like for you? Uh, burst on the scene in the opener. Um, and, and then as the season went along, at what point did you feel totally comfortable? At what point did you feel like – I mean, I'm sure ultimate confidence, I got this. But at the same time, it's a big transition to go from where you were to what, what last year was. So I'd say in terms of, like, confidence-wise, in terms of, like, the playbook and everything, I felt by week one I was pretty confident. Then I felt like I got a good game week one. Of course, there were some things I wanted to chop up, but it's just kind of from week two one I was dealing with, like, many, like, nagging injuries and, like, just things that, like, I'd never dealt with before. And pretty much every week was kind of a battle for me. Just uh, my goal was ended up instead of being my goal to like contribute and win for the team, my goal was to just make it to Sunday so I can play. And I think that's what kind of had my season go as like a roller coaster up and down. But this year I'm definitely looking way different. I'm hoping to be being proactive and staying healthy and helping the team win. You pro- you possess the skill set that this team desperately needs. I think we can all look at it and go. Okay, and you got you got Amari, you, you got some, some bigger-bodied guys on the outside. Bell comes in, looks awfully impressive, but we need a dude to get deep. Uh, that's why you were drafted. That's the type of skill set that you have. Um, you, you'll also will often hear that the biggest jump in a professional football player's career is between his first year and his second. Do you feel that happening for you as you're in the middle of it? I definitely feel it happening, especially from where I, from where I even started this offseason from where I ended last season. I felt so much better whether that's because I'm more comfortable with the playbook or just because I just feel more confident in, like, showing that I can belong. And I think, like, especially going to now, like, I'm going out on the 7-on-7 seven seven going against Denzel Ward, who's a pro bowler, Greg Newsom, who will, who I'd say is a – He will be. <laughs> he, he will be. Greedy Williams, who's a great corner. Just going against those guys and just being able to compete in, like, sometimes beating on, like, going back and forth with them. Like, one play I win, one play they win. It's just, like – 
even just building some more and more confidence. And I feel, I definitely feel that jump coming. Yeah, you can. It's funny watching you guys out here uh, in OTAs and and just seeing how it. Sometimes I, yeah, I find myself just marveling at the sheer amount of talent um, in the receiving core and the, the secondary. To your point, is it sneakily got loaded. I don't know that anybody we know how good Greg Newsom is. I think everyone's going to find out this year how good he is. But a healthy Grady too, uh, fully healthy, oh, no yeah. harness. Like him being what he can be. So in terms of the iron sharpen irons approach, you're getting that out there. Yeah, for sure. Like those guys, they push us everywhere, and we push them all the time. And it's just, again, it's great going against those guys. Like every every rep, you're going against a great player, and it's just building and building and building. The goal is to where if I if I can get to the point where if I can beat Denzel consistently, that means I could beat almost anyone consistently. Yeah. Denzel's, I say, top three corner in this league. Yeah, yeah, I, th I think you probably have that right. What's it been like uh, with Deshaun uh, and, and as you guys are in this install process and uh, starting to, to kind of put in the, the groundwork for what this offense is going to be? Um, how has he acclimated himself in with the roster? What does the offense look like with him? What is it like just going through things with Deshaun at quarterback? I mean, it's, it's been great with him, so especially as a good down-to-earth guy. He wants, to, he wants us to come to him for help. And then I'd say, like, he's been – very proactive, like trying to get to know everyone, trying to get everyone, see what everyone likes, see what everyone does. Then, of course, the Bahamas trip was like a good kind of way that I felt like the whole offense like came together. And sure. I think that that's that was big for us. And I think that it's gonna sh it's gonna show once the season starts that what that meant to us. Do you um? So we have we got this week OTAs and then next week mandatory. You got any plans for the? It's short that. Couple six weeks or whatever in between that and the start of camp, you're going to get away. You're going to do a vacation. You're going to do anything? Probably just take like a week off, whether if that's staying at home, doing going to theme parks. But yeah, after that week, I'm just going to get back at it and just hammer these hammer probably four and a half weeks of just improving on getting ready for the season, doing some more speed work so I can unlock that next that next speed level that I know I have, and then just at the end of the day. Catching, 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 being able to catch the ball consistently no matter where it is. You've done Cedar Point, right? Yeah, Cedar, Cedar Point, I've done it probably like four times now. Top three. Steel Vengeance, Maverick, and I'll say Millennium Force. So good. So good. Yeah. That's it. That's a win. I mean, the place is unbelievable. Yeah, it's, it's definitely like, what, 15 that are ridiculous up yeah. there? Yeah, it's good. Very good. Good seeing you, man. Good Thanks for stopping by. Anthony Schwartz in studio with us here as we kick the show off on a Wednesday edition. Lots more to get to as well. You hear Coach uh, Stavansky at the podium a little bit later on. We're off and running here. Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland. Daily on 
Uh, the Bath Authority can give you that bathroom of your dreams. They can do it for you in about a day. You can transform that current bathroom you have into a custom bath that will feel like a spa. Let the Bath Authority make it a reality for you at a fraction of the cost of the competitors. The Bath Authority is Cleveland's premier bath and shower remodeler. If you need to do a tub-to-shower conversion, they can do that for you. They have acrylic tubs that insulate, actually keep the heat in. That's a bonus. You can change your bathroom from outdated to outstanding. They have the largest selection of bath projects. They're all made in the United States. It's where affordability meets quality here, guys. You call now, 500 bucks off your next custom bath or shower remodel. The number is 216-220-8399 or go to thebathauthority.com. Tell them Bo sent you. Again, 500 bucks off your next custom bath or shower remodel. The number again, 216-220-8399 or go to thebathauthority.com. Superior products with expert installers. They'll take care of you. Um, I was mentioning off the top, and then we were lucky enough to have Anthony Schwartz here in studio. First time I've seen him here, you know, it's obviously first. A lot of these guys, even the guys who've been here for a couple of years, first time we've seen him in studio after two years of pandemic. So uh, great to see him here in studio. And I can tell you and say this pretty confidently at OZ said it as well. Um, a little bit of a pay attention to the scores moment from the standpoint of they love him. They love what he brings. Uh, there's a reason that they haven't gone seeking, you know, another wide receiver. It's because they believe in what Anthony Schwartz can be. And, and as I asked him and, and, and he answered, he possesses what you need in what this offense needs. It's going to need somebody who can get deep, and make safeties play an extra half yard back, make them think, make them game plan for. Schwartz has the ability to do that. So he's got it, and he's been impressive early. You know, He's got a long way to go, got to stay healthy, all of those things. But he showed some of that in his very first game, and then, he's, as he mentioned, he was into some injuries and stuff. But uh, certainly the potential is there for it. 100%. When he is healthy, you have to know where he is on the field. Yeah. Uh, today at OTAs, he would come into the, four, he would come into the huddle and immediately the defense would be chirping. Hey, find him, find him, know where he is, know where he is. Like, you have to know where he is, and you can – as long as his body holds up and, and from a health standpoint, he is, is turning the corner and being healthy, you could use him in a Debo Samuel role. I'm not saying he's Debo Samuel, but you can use him in that role where you can hand the ball off to him. You could throw little – Short passes that he can take long ways. Yeah. I mean, in the open field, you're not going to catch him. No, that and that that's needed. I mean, that that has that's what this offense needs right now. That needs a burner. And he has the skill set for that. That was nice. It was nice to be able to uh to get to talk to him and get to know him a little bit here on the program. Hope you guys enjoyed it too. I mentioned off the top, right, as Anthony was coming in, uh, that that uh, Baker Mayfield has been excused from next week's mandatory mini camp. Uh, that is a mutual agreed upon decision from both Baker and the organization. Um I feel like we've been pretty straightforward with you here on the program about that, about there was so much dialogue about him coming in or now it's on both sides. It, the Rubicon has, has long been passed on that. We've crossed it. So there's um, that, that makes the most sense for everybody for, for uh, that to be the case with Baker, and um, we'll, we'll see what happens from that point on. But in terms of him being at minicamp, that was never something that was going to happen from either side's perspective. Yeah, I, I think cooler heads have prevailed. And, you know, that, again, that the Browns are working to probably get him into a, a, a different situation. And I'm sure that – Baker's camp is probably doing the same thing. They're trying to help facilitate that. So uh, it might not happen right away. Like, it, it just might not. I mean, the market right now is it, – it's a tough market because everybody has their quarterback. Or so they think. So, well, you know, but you're an injury away from a team needing someone. 
it's a, it's a tough market though because you're talking about you got Bake, you've got Garoppolo. Um, those would two the the two guys that would be at the highest end of this. Um, but there's others too. I mean, I I'm I'm sure we'll get do around the league at some point today, and we'll have you saw the Cam Newton comments. He's certainly not on Baker or Garoppolo's level, but but not anymore. But just from the standpoint of he doesn't have a job either. So it does feel like what has happened in the league is you either have a franchise quarterback, have recently drafted someone who you think will be a franchise quarterback, or you don't want one in in the chance of putting yourself in position to draft a franchise quarterback. Correct. And so if you're one of these guys who kind of is or isn't or is on the kind of on the fence whether they are or not, and that would be Baker and Jimmy Garoppolo, those are the two best examples of that, there really isn't a place for that player right now. There just isn't. I mean, if you think about you think about the situation in Seattle, New Orleans, uh, Atlanta, all of those are places where they're not trying to go win 10, 11 games. They're not. They're either trying to go to the bottom or they're hopeful that they have a young player, Desmond Ritter in the case of Atlanta, who can turn into something. They don't think Jimmy Marcus Mariota is going to turn into anything. That ship they, sailed. They know what he is. That ship sailed, man. Yeah. So the process is going to have to play out. And it's. I know people want resolution sooner rather than later. But, you know, I think the Browns are in a position to let, the, let it play out and, and see what happens here. They can be very, very patient. Yeah, they can. Very, very patient with this. Um so I to me that's the uh that's the big takeaway from that this morning. You were out there. Anything else jump out? Cade York. So I saw this. He nailed can, a sixty yarder. Is can, that the real Can truth? I interest you in a little bit of that? Can I interest you in the special teams period going seven for eight, including a sixty yarder yeah, that's good. that was good from more than sixty. Okay. So now yeah, I mean that yes you can. I am interested in that. I'm very much interested in that. And the way the ball comes off of this kid's foot. Yeah. Like everybody, you, you turn and you go, what made that noise? Or who made that noise? He can crush the ball. There is no question. And like the last kick, which was the 60-yarder basically, the, everybody's yelling and screaming and trying to, get him to th- trying to get him thrown off. Crushed it. And I mean – Boomed it. Brad Mellon underneath the field goal post was the today's referee. Good. And good by, <laughs> I would say, probably closer to 65 yards. Okay. Well, that's exciting. You know, it's good to have that. Going, we, we haven't had a guy like that for a while. North, going right into the north. Just, uh, just a really good job. Uh, defensively, uh, I felt like the defense kind of owned the day a little bit. They did some fourth down. They had a fourth down period. Defense made some plays, had a couple picks. Um, you know, the, the defense has a lot of confidence right now. And I, a, after practice, I taped something for your favorite podcast and mine. Yeah. Uh, the best podcast available. Sure you did. Um, and it was interesting. I had Jacob Phillips and Jordan Elliott. Uh, okay. Two third-year guys, a lot being counted on mm-hmm. from those two. Uh, and a lot expected. And. Jacob Phillips said something about the linebacker unit setting the tone for the defense. And Jordan Elliott said, wrong. D-line sets the tone. And he's a very large man, and I was not going to go down <laughs> that road and get in the middle of it. But, you, like, you can tell there's a lot of fire from this defense. 
and they played really well today. Again, you're not tackling. You're not. It's not a lot of contact, but the the, the defense is making plays early on here. No Miles, no Clowney today, right? They Correct. were both absent. Um, so, you know, that allowed for some other guys to step up. But I, I do think, to, to Jordan Elliott and Jacob Phillips's point, this is a complete defense. It's really good up front. It's a lead at defensive end, obviously. It's really good at linebacker. It's really good in the secondary. So it, it really has everything that you need uh, to be very, very successful in today's NFL. It has an ability to get after the quarterback at an elite level, create pressure, both JOK, not even for, not just from the front four, but both JOK and Grant Delpit are among the best in the league at blitzing. Um, I saw it, I thought I read this morning, uh, upwards of 50% of their blitzes resulted in pressures on the quarterback. That's a remarkable number and something that I'm sure uh, will be dialed up even more this year in this defense because, and this goes back to another question I had for Anthony Schwartz, it goes back to the point of you have Denzel, who is elite, Greg Newsom, who is about to be elite, and you have Greedy Williams healthy, which is something we have not had. If those three guys can stay healthy, you have three elite corners to go with elite guys on the back end. We saw John Johnson with another interception today. Um, it, it's got a potential to be pretty special. It really does. You can understand why they're confident. Yeah. And as a secondary you can play a little more press. You can play up on guys when you know you've got some of the best pass rushers in the game on the D-line. As the defensive line, you know that if it takes you a little bit longer to get to the QB, so be it because you've got lockdowns behind you, and the linebackers are just free and fast to make plays. Like Jacob Phillips has had a fantastic OTAs uh, three weeks. Yeah. Uh, but JOK has been all over – Like. The speed at the linebacker position stands out as much as anything. Yeah, it does. It's um, they're rangy. They get after it. They're really instinctual ballers. Uh, I, you know, Phillips could be a really interesting one because we haven't seen him because of injury for the last couple of seasons. We haven't seen enough of him. What we've seen of him is awfully, awfully impressive. You just don't see yeah, enough of it. Exactly. Um, in in terms of offensively, everybody there, Gibby, uh, that that we'd expect to be there at receiver. Uh, Betonio was not there, but okay. he hasn't been here most of the offseason. That's you know, all right. Mean, what do you need? You know who he is. He's an all pro. Exactly. Don't He'll be here next that. week. Yeah. Mandatory minicamp. Uh, he was not out there today. Matter of fact, I did not actually see Greedy, so I wonder if he got a, a, a vet day off based on, you know, just, again, a, a guy that's had a lot of injuries in the past. Yeah. So uh, he was not out there. Um, trying to think who else there were a couple other guys but no one i don't want to say of consequence because that's not right no but i mean it's there were a couple guys again it's voluntary yeah it's voluntary at this point did you and how did uh how did how did the ball how did watson look how did we look slinging it around not bad not bad there wasn't a lot of stretch in the field yeah um i think the defensive interception came off of brissett um conklin was not out there najoku not out there um, other than that, from an offensive standpoint, that was it. Everybody I, else was out there, so there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of interior work today. Um, so it, it, we have one more OTA tomorrow, and then three days of mandatory minicamp next week with everybody. So, and we already know Tuesday is going to be pretty, probably pretty intense. I would think Thursday at the stadium probably will be intense because Wednesday is going to be a lot lighter because they're going to be at the Hall of Fame and it's more of a I think it's more of a walkthrough than anything else yeah 
I like the idea of that. I like the idea of taking the team down to the Hall of Fame and seeing yeah. what that's all about and, and kind of get a little better handle on the history of the sport and of the team and franchise and all of that. So I set myself up in front of the offensive line and Bill Callahan today. Oh, that's fun. Fun for me. Yeah. Not necessarily fun for the offensive lineman. <laughs> um, I mean, he is a professor and a tactician. Like, he can break like, – the moment someone, the moment the play happens, it's done in probably two point five seconds, and he's like, "You did this right. You did this wrong. Get better." <laughs> like, yeah. Get, it, well, that's it. I, I'm cleaning up the language a little bit. But, <laughs> I, I, I think mean, it, he's. It, it's amazing to watch him in action. I think it's amazing the turnout that we've had for because we've done more OTAs than most teams. Um, you know, for example, like the the Bengals have nothing mandatory. Um, but we've done so we've done a lot of OTAs, the maximum, and then we're doing the mandatory as well. And we've had great numbers uh, throughout this. You know, it's been a month of this, and I mean, we've they, had really good numbers. I mean, you're you're right around 75, 80 guys yeah. out of the ninety. Uh, you can't ask for anything more. And I remember, I remember us talking about it last year. You know, we we made the decision along with the players uh, and JC Treader at the time that. We were going to continue to be virtual, mm-hmm. and we we talked about it. Like the Chiefs had a hundred percent participation. <laughs> like there were other teams that that were bringing all their guys in, and their all of their guys were showing up, and that was the case. I, I mean, it's been the case. I just talked to Jordan Elliott. I said, "What are you going to do once mandatory minicamps are? Are you going to get a little vacay? Going to get away? No." Everything I need is here. I can yeah. work out. I can do my thing and stay in shape. And well, a lot of guys seem to be very focused. And a lot of guys I get this strong impression of have stuck around here this offseason putting in the work. That's a good thing for this football team. Yeah, I, I think that's it. I, but I, I think you see a very hungry football team. So the, a one that can't wait. And by the way, it'll be here before you know it. I mean, you're going you're gonna to be at camp in a blink of an eye, man. What are we? Seven weeks yeah. from camp? Yeah. I mean, it's nothing. Uh, we're going to be at camp in a, in a matter of no time. All right, coming up next, Coach Stefanski was at the podium. Uh, we will have that for you. Uh, that is coming up next. You'll listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Well, your business is shopping for an enterprise operating systems partner, but you don't know where to start. Well, I have an idea, and it's at my friends at EOX Vantage. They're data scientists, also business ops experts. Your VOX Vantage team not only builds and installs your system, they act as your ongoing technical support. So you're hiring a continuous improvement and support system. EOX Vantage is not tied to any single brand of hardware or software. You're getting a truly customized purpose-built solution along with a partner that answers only to you. And EOX Vantage does not outsource all the operational expertise, proprietary solutions, and tech support come from one unified partner. See how companies have profited from hiring one fully objective operating systems partner at EOX Vantage. We did get this official, the Denver Broncos, uh, now going to be sold to the Walton family. Rob Walton going to be uh, we had part this of that yesterday. ownership. Yeah. So that is a, that's now a done deal at $4.6 billion with the B on that. Um, that's a pretty good ter- return on the investment for uh, 
for the, for the for the family there in Denver, so that works out pretty well. Could have been a good investment for uh, my guy John Elway. Did not do well with that one. Um, I have not heard if Peyton Manning is going to be in the mix. I saw Ben Albright reporting uh, this morning that all of the uh, all of the prospective uh, suitors that were trying to purchase the Broncos, every one of them had reached out to him to be a part of it. It's just a matter of if he will or not. And I was reading somewhere this morning that. Um, the uh, the Manning cast could be a sticking point of, of he really likes doing that and could he do that if he was a an owner? I don't in think he can. Probably not uh, with being a, a a partial owner in Denver. The Walton family, Walmart heirs um, or significant others of Walmart heirs, now own every professional sports team in Denver because Stan Kroenke's there. Um, so he married uh, Walton, Sam Walton's daughter, the the founder of, of Walmart, uh, which is I think. Rob's sister, if I have the have the family tree right, so they own the Avalanche, uh, they own Avalanche Nuggets, uh, the MLS team, pretty much all of of the professional sports teams in the area the are there. Um, yeah, I mean they got the Rapids, the Nuggets, the Broncos, the Avalanche. The only thing they're mith- missing are the Rockies. Um, so we will see if if they if they sell the Rockies, they could be in the mix for that too. And of course, Stan Kroenke owns the Rams as well. So there you go, four point six billion with a B. I think everybody thinks the next one would be Washington. May seems to make the most sense for everybody that that would. Dan Snyder's shown no interest in wanting to do that, but that seems to be the most logical step uh, going forward. There were four bidders on this, and the guy who, uh, reportedly, the guy who is a majority owner of the Philadelphia 76ers was willing to go to five billion on this, but the NFL. I said this this morning on Pro Football Talk. The NFL would not say if you go to five. We won't let the Walton uh, bid match. The Walton bid was going to match whatever it was. Like they were getting the Denver Broncos. So that guy, the name escapes me, but he he will now be in line for the next team that becomes available in the NFL, and willing to pay five billion for it. I mean, it it, it does make you think, wonder, whatever ends up happening with this Washington football team situation. Yeah, I mean because, it's the one we're waiting I mean, the on, Denver, right? The Denver franchise is a very popular one, and uh, you know, but Washington is Washington. Big Was. TV market, uh, big market team. Uh, all, all you got to do there is whoever whoever that is. If that happens, whoever buys that team, you want to be in great. First of all, the fan base there would be thrilled at any sort of result that has Dan Snyder not on the team. So that start there. So the next thing is, as soon as that happens, you then bail on this rebrand uh this commander's nonsense you go to red hogs red tails red wolves or just anything like that football team whatever and you can but i mean the others are so simple i mean they have they have there is an iconic a million iconic images of joe gibbs wearing that script r hat put that on the helmet leave everything else the same and all you got to do is build a stadium and you're set that's it whether that's in virginia i mean my hope is it would be in the dc area um but but we'll see I think we talked about it last week that their stadium that they're proposing would only be like a 50,000, 55,000 seat stadium. And why not? More will go there. That's 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 going to be the future of of uh of sports stadiums. You're going to want to have domes or retractable and you want to be smaller rather than larger. Well, I, I mean, I go back to a couple of years ago when we went to LA to play the Chargers. And we oh, played in the soccer stadium? Yeah, we played at that soccer stadium. There were only 30,000, 35,000. Sure. It was pretty awesome. Like, you could yeah. hear everything. You could see everything. 
you could charge a premium price for something like that. Well, you have to, you have to, like, we're very lucky here in, in how great our fan base is, but not every place is this lucky where you have a never ending supply of demand. You know, I mean, that's the big thing that's in play. So that's the thing that you want to try to create. So, I mean, the Bears, I think they're around 60 in, at, at the new Soldier Field. And now they're going to do another one. Who knows what they do with that? But when they move out to the suburbs, <laughs> do they go bigger? I don't know. By the way, the Bears are doing a little employee series behind the scenes of the people that make the Bears tick. I don't even want to give it the attention. Do you have any idea who they featured? I do, because I was on the same text change you were. So, yes, I do. Simone, outrageous. The I man, I mean, come on. Tweet at the Bears. And what are go, you doing? Beware the seafood towers. Well, I'm going to text. And the fact that what you think is paid for sometimes is not. Well, that's right. Yeah. My buddy Adam Woodman's over there. With oh, the that's Bears. right. He's, yeah, so he's. I, I'm going to say expose into yeah, this. I'm going to say you, you're doing this wrong. This is not a human that you want to highlight in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> um, in any way. Much love to you, Simone. That's right. Um, all right. Here was uh, here was Coach Stefanski with the media after today's OTA availability. Okay. Good to see everybody. Uh, good work out here. I think you saw us get some third down and long work. Got some short yardage work. Uh, so all of it's been good. A, a lot of work down in the red zone as well. So. Uh, really good day today. We got to finish off the week strong with our work uh, tomorrow. And with that, I'll take any questions. Kevin, you've said that you were comfortable with Deshaun as a person uh, after looking into the investig- the allegations that have been made against him. Do you still stand by that as the more information has come out since then? Yeah, I understand, Jake. Uh, the question, I uh, think for me, I'm going to be respectful of the investigation of the legal proceedings. I'm going to let that play out. The, the 24th civil lawsuit that was filed. Uh, Watson's own attorney said they had no knowledge of, of this woman. Was that a, an allegation you guys or, or an alleged incident you guys were aware that might have happened or alleged to happen during your investigation? Yeah, again, I can't add much. Uh, I'm going to let uh, both the investigation and, and the legal proceedings play out. Do you think the investigators should look into more stuff that you guys uh, contracted to, to look into these situations? Yeah, I think we kind of talked through uh, that at the time. Um, Jake and, and I'll make, stand by what we said. Is his, stand, is his standing with the Browns affected at all? I mean, you can answer to what the Browns' stance is. Is he still, you know, your franchise quarterback? Any any trepidation? Or the, is he still on solid ground with you guys? Yeah, I think, Nate, we're, we're here making sure that we get good practice in. Uh, the guys did a nice job out there today. I'm not going to comment past that. Um, but, you know, I think we got be respectful of the process. Be respectful of the legal proceedings. The scope of this has expanded, though. It's gone from in the 20s, we're talking about allegedly 66 women now. Was the team aware that the scope potentially could be as big as it has become? I understand why you have to ask that, uh, Daryl, but I'm just going to be uh, respectful of the process and, and let it play out. Can you, can you say if, if this has been more difficult for the you or the organization yeah, honestly, Scott, what you try to do uh, here as coaches, players, is you, you focus on the work that you have when you walk in the door and, and really um, the stuff that's on the outside. We, we let that take care of itself. Kevin, along those lines, though, are you prepared to have this hover over the team for potentially a season or two? I think, Tom, with, with anything, uh, we're trying to just focus on the day. 
Uh, I can't see past today, <laughs> truly. So that, that's kind of where my focus is. Along that line, though, um, when, since you don't know how long you might be suspended, Kevin, is Jacoby Brissett getting enough work that um, that he could be your starter on opening day? You know, I think we're repping uh, the quarterbacks appropriately right now, Jeff. As more information comes available, you, you may modify and adapt what you do. But uh, for now, we're just making sure those guys are getting the work that they need. If you, if you uh, know when you come back to training camp, and you know a decision is made by the NFL, will that change your plans for training camp preparation? I think it's a good question, Tony. I don't want to speculate, uh, but obviously, if there's different information, we'll adjust to how we're doing things, yes. Under the other quarterback, uh, we've been informed that Baker excused from camp. Mm -hmm. Right decision? Did you have any interaction with him? Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously that was a decision made between uh, our organization, Baker, and Baker's uh, team. Uh, felt like that was the best uh, decision for both sides. What has your communication with him been like throughout this process? I know you and Andrew Berry have been very consistent in your messaging. <coughs> it's very fluid, but just... What has your communication been with Baker and in, 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 in obviously reaching the ultimate decision to have him uh, without penalty be able to just stay at home? Yeah, I'm not going to get into my communication uh, with the players, uh, but just felt like that was the best decision for the organization and for Baker. Kevin, when you, uh, you know, watch Deshaun out here, what do you see in terms of his demeanor, his focus? Do you feel like he's uh, you know, completely locked in despite all the things going on? I think for everybody, Mary Kay, uh, you come to work and, and you got to work and you have to uh, make sure that you focus on, on your uh, job and, and focus on the job that you have to do out there with the players. I think that's what he's doing. It's the first time we saw Kate York's impressive play. What did you mm -hmm. think of him out there today? Yeah, did a nice job today, Tony. Uh, he's done a nice job to date. He's, he really has, uh, both in the team settings. When they go down as a battery down there to First Energy, they've done a nice job. So. Uh, he's just got to continue to to grow and continue to get better. Kevin, if, if Watson did get suspended, would there be any possibility at all that you would consider Baker at quarterback? Yeah, I'm not going to speculate on those type of things, uh, Jake. But uh, we're just going to deal with it day to day. Kevin, is it frustrating at all? Like, you know, we have to ask you these Deshaun Watson questions as far as our job mm -hmm. week after week. You know, the HBO show lawsuit number 23, and now the, the most recent lawsuit, and you know. New York Times story, three weeks in a row preceding our open OTAs. Is it frustrating on your end to face these questions repeatedly when you know the owners haven't talked and Deshaun hasn't talked since his introductory news conference? No, I wouldn't characterize it uh, that way, and, and, and I do understand that you have a job to do, so I'm just going to provide as much information as I can uh, when I can. At this stage of the wind-up for the OTAs, are things more complicated for the players at this point? From a schematic standpoint, yeah, they should be. Yes, uh, we're adding, we're adding more every single day and challenging them every single day uh, on purpose. We're putting a lot on their plates, so you'll see it. Uh, particularly, the young guys will, will blow a fuse every once in a while, but we're challenging them. That's part of uh, the off-season program. Part of what you should be doing in June is challenging your guys mentally. Definitely, over the last couple of years, have had different ideas on what, but we've been restricted. Uh, just felt like uh, this was the right time to get down there. 
we'll have our whole team here. Let's take everybody down there. Uh, so we have a, a nice program planned. I'm, I'll share more with you guys later on that. But I just think we're very, very fortunate here uh, at the Cleveland Browns to have the Pro Football Hall of Fame right down the road. Not everybody has that. So uh, we'd be foolish not to take advantage of it. Did you, did you hear wrap some up? reaction from the players on that? I'm sorry? Did you hear some reaction from the players on that? Uh, not yet, uh, Marla. I'll, obviously, we'll explain what we're doing down there. Uh, I think they like field trips. Uh, change of pace, uh, so I'm sure they're excited. As you uh, put the wrap on OTAs this week, are you uh, satisfied with the progress? Do you feel like, a as a team, uh, that you've gotten accomplished what you set out to accomplish, or do you enter the mini camp phase here needing to squeeze something in that you, you wanted to? So the way we look at the OTAs and mini camp, it's really just one big phase. You don't really change gears. From OTAs to minicamp, obviously we're going to have a little bit different uh, setting. So we'll be here on Tuesday, down in Canton on Wednesday at the stadium on Thursday. So that will change. But uh, by and large, we look at this offseason program as one big uh, uh, program, if you will. Uh, so we have work to do. There's a bunch of other stuff that we want to get installed to the players, get a rep on, bank some reps. Uh, so we have work to do. Uh, I think the players would tell you that they're getting better, but we're very, very far away. we got to continue to grind on it. Do you feel like this is a team that has learned to deal with I feel like that's really, Mary Kay, the NFL, uh, you're going to go through uh, things that you can't predict, uh, and that's week in and week out. It's year in and year out, and, and we know that. So I think that is part of uh, being a good football team is being a resilient team and being able to, when you're down in the third quarter, uh, go go turn the game around. And, and when certain things come your way, injuries come your way, I do think you have to be a resilient bunch. I think you see examples of that across sports, uh, really, even going into uh, watching some of the NBA finals and seeing teams get behind and you got to go on a run and those type of things. So it's definitely part of a winning formula is being a resilient bunch. What difference have you seen in Anthony Schwartz this year and how much do you need him to take a big step? Yeah, I've been really, really pleased with Anthony's development. He works hard. Uh, he's a dependable player. Uh, I think he's getting really good work in with the quarterbacks. Uh, but I, I do see uh, Anthony taking a step. I've seen him take a step, I should say, uh, from a young guy who we, we know was always smart, but becoming more comfortable in what he's doing, uh, catching the football really well. So uh, really excited about his development. When your defense makes a play, everybody knows it. Um, just the energy that you've seen on, on that side of the ball, led by JJ3. I think this is the second or third week in a row where he's gotten a pick. And, you know, what have you seen from that? that yeah, group? it's outstanding. You have to play, you got to play defensive football with passion, and I think those guys do it. And and we always talk about you know one of the rules of being a great teammate is celebrating with your teammates. So when a big play happens, we want to celebrate together. So that's something that you start on the practice field here, and, and hopefully take it into uh, into the fall. Another question, mm -hmm. if you don't mind. Uh, when Baker asked to be traded, uh, he gave a quote to ESPN where he said that he feels that the relationship is beyond repair. Do you see it that way? Yeah, I'm not going to comment on that, Mary Kay. Um, just going to make sure that I uh, deal with everything that we're, you know, dealing with football, uh, anything that's outside the building, just deal with it day to day. Last one here. This has to be an interesting situation with the Deshaun Watson stuff. I'm curious how you deal with that adversity and dealing with other players because it's putting them in interesting situations because we have a job to do. We have to talk to them, and that's something, you know, they probably never dealt with as well. 
Yeah, I understand uh, the question. I think part of uh, my job and certainly our players' job is to is to answer tough questions, uh, and we're want to be respectful of that process uh, and want to make sure we can add what we can add when we can. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks. All right. There's Coach Stefanski from his uh, post. OTA press conference next week, a full round of, of mandatory minicamp as they wrap up this long offseason program, which has been incredibly well attended, Gibbe. It's been well attended, and, you know, Coach, unfortunately, you know, he's put in the middle of answering a lot of tough questions right now. And he's just he's, – his goal is to have this team ready to play week one in Carolina. And so far, the off-season program has gone exceptionally well. And, you know, I want to hear more about it. I understand both sides of it. I understand why the questions are being asked. I understand why he's answering the way that he's answering. Like, there's not much more that he can say on this. Um, So that's, you know. Things have to get asked. I get it. It's it's the same way for both. It's just that, you know, there's, there's no... There's no way to do it. I mean, it's you're in the middle of legal proceedings. There's the criminal stuff is done, and so this is civil litigation that will take place over a long period of time. So until there's some clarification from either the league or from the courts on that, this is the way that it's going to be. Yeah. So you can't respond to every report that's out there, um, and that's that's the circumstance you're in. So yeah. it's it, it, it leads to that, and but it's going to be that way until there's some sort of resolution. Again, the one thing that – it has been a very good off-season program for the Browns from a workout standpoint and getting ready for the season. And I think maybe that gets overshadowed a little bit, but the participation has been high. We've talked about it. The quality of work that they're getting in, the workouts, you're seeing a lot of guys stepping up and making plays. There's some really good competition going on at some of these positions. Understand the situation, but, you know, the it is right now what it is, and we're trying to. He's trying to get this team ready to go for the 2022 season. Yeah, that's it. That's all he can do. Rumkey Waste Recycling, family owned and operated. Whether you join them as a customer or as an employee, you'll be part of the family. Visit rumkey.com to learn more. Coming up here in the second hour of the program, you'll hear from John Johnson the third. Another interception from him. Peter King with the 22 most influential people in the NFL this season as well. It's all coming up here in the final hour. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. So at long last, today is the last day of school for the boys. They're finally done. They wrap it up. I would say congratulations on all your successes, but I'm not sure because now they're going to be home with you. Well, I mean, my wife's excited about it. It's a short. It's like only they're only home like eight weeks because they're back in the middle of August. I mean, it's a short, short summer for them. Um, we had a hell of a moment. So the boys have these things that their grandmother got them. They're, they're called Tony boxes. Do you know what this is? You heard of a Tony box? No. So it's a, it's a, it's a red box. That's a speaker that when you put a figurine on it, it'll play uh, the story, the songs of the, of whatever. Okay. So kind of cool. Yeah. So Disney, uh, it's Disney. So that, you know, that goes, it's, 
they didn't get all the stuff they have by not being profitable and being smart. So you took out a second mortgage, yeah, together, or your, well, the, your mother, my mother in law did. Yeah. So okay, fine. So they've had it for a while. Bootsy loves it. It basically serves as a noise machine to go to sleep to. So the box is, I don't know, probably about twice the size of a Kleenex box. And then you put like a figurine on it. So like, for example, Baloo the Bear from Jungle Book. And all of a sudden, away we go. We're in a Jungle Book. So we got the songs from the Jungle Book and they're playing. And by the way, they have the best songs of all the Disney movies. Uh, that Moana is another highlight. Lion King, those are good. Uh, but apparently, Young Bootsy wanted, uh, wanted one and has wanted one for a very long time. And it's Lightning McQueen. Okay, so we wanted Cars, cool Lightning cars, McQueen. cars, okay. Yeah. Wanted that. He actually went as Lightning McQueen for Halloween a couple of years ago. So this is this is his favorite. So he was waiting on this. So apparently, unbeknownst to me, my wife has been on some sort of Lightning McQueen Tony Box wait list for like a year. So this was a coveted thing that arrived yesterday. Okay, so he gets it. Uh, everyone's excited. I don't understand what the excitement's about. It just feels like, I don't know, he's got 32 of them. What's 33? What's the difference? But apparently this has been a coveted one. So it comes time to bedtime last night. Mass chaos in the ca- in the house. Nobody wants to go to bed because it's the last day. So why do they even have to sleep? Little do they know that they, that's my time. That's daddy's time. Need a little bit of my time. Daddy needs that a time. cocktail. It's yeah. the first Friday Eve. That's it. That's right. <laughs> that's right. With a little bit of silence. Yeah. Okay. You know we that's that's what we need to do. Um, I don't want to have to explain the the bar scene in Top Gun again to my ten year old. So you know that's it. It's it's bedtime. So mass panic. Because we can't find the Lightning McQueen Tony guy. Can't find it. Bootsy's running around. He's in panic. It's like like his, their bedtime's 830. It's approaching 9 o'clock. So I'm like, look, we're, I'm done with this. Like, I'm sorry. It'll turn up. It's not lost forever. It's lost for now. It'll turn up, though. And we'll figure it out when it does, okay? He goes so, sobbing. Oh, of course. He's throwing a fit. My wife is as, is as frustrated with him as I've ever seen her. Like, she is on the end of the last rope, the last strand of frustration with him, and is so mad because apparently she gave it to him to take to his room, and he did not do it, and so it's gone. So this morning, she gets him to school, and I go out, I come out of my office, and I go, oh, what's this? And she's like, it's the the Lightning McQueen Tony box. I said, oh? I said, where'd you find it? It was in the cleaning closet. I said, wait a second. You're telling me you lost it? You lost it? <laughs> Not him. Not him? You did it? <laughs> Floyd. She wouldn't even, she was not even going to have me pointing this out, like has no patience for even pointing this out. I said, I'm going to tell you something. You need to rehide this somewhere where it makes it seem like he did lose it. Because if not, you're never losing, living this down. After the performance from last night, you're never living this down. No. It's more important that you're right in the eyes of him than in the in the eyes of the Lord right now. You take the L in the eyes of the Lord. You lie to the child. You cannot have this on your record. You cannot. No. That was my piece of advice. I'm more diabolical than she is. But we'll see what she does. But that's what happened that... to the Tony Box. So how did it happen? Because who knows? I don't know. Didn't she, she give it to him? She did. My guess is he put it down somewhere, and she grabbed and it. she grabbed it, and then went to you know get toilet paper or I don't know paper towels something. Went in there to do she that. Was, she was frazzled. Because she was frazzled. Put it down, and that's where it ended up staying. But I said, listen, in the eyes of him, this has to be his mistake, not yours. And just a memo to to the misses: 
Big fans of the missus. Yeah. It wasn't even day one of summer vacation yet. No, she's not even into it yet. You're not even there yet. No. She hasn't Tomorrow even fought. Is essentially the first day. She hasn't even fought like the fights that are going to happen over the Xbox or the fights that are going to happen over basketball. I mean, all that's the pool still to come. Pool fights. And, I mean, it's yeah. my buddies, your buddies. It's all coming. I mean, it's we're not even there yet. This is just a Tony box. Um, anyway, so that, that, was, that was last night. Uh, in terms of this afternoon, another OTA in the books this morning. Uh, John Johnson was available afterwards. Here is, by the way, another interception for JJ3. Here he is uh, after the practice. It's been a while. Yeah, how you doing? Every time we look up, you're intercepting Watson. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm just having fun competing. Uh, like I said, from last year, I feel a lot more comfortable, you know, in my role in the system. So I'm just having fun trying to be – Trying to push everybody around me to just be better and having fun. There was a question last year when you started, like where were you located in, in uh, Woods' defense? And then it seemed like at some point it went back to where you were more comfortable. Does this pick up where you left off, like where you're playing in the defense? Uh, I think so. You know, it's still early. We're still installing stuff. Um, just trying to become masters at, you know, what we really do, like our bread and butter stuff. That's really what, you know, OTA is about. We have thrown like a few wrinkles in there, but I think like when it comes down to game planning and stuff, that's when, you know, we can get a little versatile, start moving things around. But right now it's just trying to be masters at, our, you know, what we really do. Off of that, John, Joe Woods told, told us last week he's going to start putting more stuff on your guys' plate this mm-hmm. year. Have you felt that even this early? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Just like the stuff that we wanted to do last year that we kind of, you know, had mistakes and, uh, you know, blown coverages, the, the harder stuff to master, that's what we're working on. You know, um, the bread, the, the simple stuff is easy. You know, we've been doing that since day one last year. Well, at least I have. And guys before me, you know, have been doing it for three years now. So um, just the stuff that we had trouble with last year, we are trying to master the more complex stuff. The club informs us today that uh, Baker Mayfield has been excused from minicamp. Is the team mentally separated from him as a quarterback? Mentally separated. Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, you look at the roster, he's still there. Um, He's not, you know, present here. But, you know, I think, you know, it's just a business. I think we all understand that now more than ever. um, You know, we got three quarterbacks here now. um, So it's kind of leaning towards him not being here. So I wouldn't say we, you know, mentally separated, but we are kind of, you know, prepared for him to not be here. Not just with you know, Baker, but just everything that's going on with Deshaun, it seems just every day there's another headline related to Deshaun. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, I respect that you guys, as Miles put it, mind your own business, so to speak. But just <laughs> how um, how difficult is it for you as teammates and as human beings to keep a, a narrow football-minded focus with everything that just see, is kind of like swirling around yeah I mean it's tough you know anytime you have something going on you know away from the building off the field you know you never want that to leak into the building you know once we cross these lines on the field once we step into this building it's, it's Browns football and it's work so like I said you know deaths in the family um, any any off the field issues you never want to see a guy going through something but you know we have to bring him in as a teammate and um, we're just going to keep pushing once we step in the building we're in the building hey this is a this is a this is a really good team. Mm-hmm. Are you worried at all that something like this could really interrupt what looks like on paper and what we saw, in the, especially defensively at the end of the last last season, could be a great year? Uh, you know, in a perfect world, you know, we wish that it wasn't here. Uh, but I don't think it's anything that could get in the way. It's a, it's a speed bump. It's not really like a, 
a, a barrier that blocks us from where we want to get. I think it's a speed bump, you know, so once we get over it and we hit full steam ahead, you know, we'll be fine. How do you think Deshaun has been handling everything? He's had a lot going on just even in the last two weeks, but from your perspective, and maybe you've gotten to be you know, friends with him already, I'm not sure, but how has he been handling all this? You know, I feel like just by the nature of the game, offense and defense is kind of split up. But, and, you know, in the locker room, you know, I'm around him in the sauna. I'm around him. We, we talk. We uh, chop it up about, you know, everything. I don't think it's really getting in the way. I mean, like I said, I think he's a professional. Once he comes to work, it's about work. It's about building relationships with his teammates. Um, you know, as you've seen, he took the guys on the trip. You know, I think he had something else planned. Um, just building bonds, building relationships. So I, I think, you know, he's done a great job of just being a true professional. And hopefully it all clears up soon. But as of, as of now, he's going to keep working. You had a lot of close games last year. Mm -hmm. Missed kicks, play roles. What do you think about your new kicker? Oh, he's unbelievable. I mean, it looks like I don't know. Like the ball just flies off his foot. Um, it could be a 30-yard kick. He's going to hit it for for 60. Um, it flies through the uprights. Accurate. Um, he's young, so I think you know, I think that helps sometimes. You know, he doesn't really know the pressure and the magnitude. He's just out there having fun. You know, he's a rookie. He's just doing what he loves doing. So I think that's the beauty of it. But um, I'm really looking forward to the season and seeing him kick. Does it even sound different? What was that? His ball even sound different? Oh, yeah, it sounds different. It, like I said, it flies off his foot. Um, it, he's just got a big leg. Even when we did kickoff the other day, like, he's kicking it out the end zone. You know, our kickoff team, they want to cover, so we might have to tell him cut it, cut it down a little bit, but I just can't wait to watch him. So when you were watching the postseason last year, you saw the kicker for Cincinnati having such perfect. Right. Did you think of, like, man, we need one of those? He was a rookie last year, right? You see what I'm saying? Like he, he and he was out there having fun. He was one of those guys talking trash, you know, running around. So I think that's an uh, extra factor to the game, you know, having a guy that doesn't really understand, you know, what he's just going out there having fun, no pressure, free as a bird, and, and, and having fun. So it was awesome to see that, you know, from Cincinnati. I don't want to see them do it against us, and I think that will be us uh, this year. But it's all good. I know it's OTAs, but speaking of being, you know, making plays and, and having fun. You're making a lot of plays and having a lot of fun out there. Absolutely. I mean, when you guys make a play, everybody knows you made a play. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, that respect, you know, it, it is fun to watch. But just the, 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 how can that energy that you guys are building in these practices, even though you're not full speed, mm -hmm. you're not tackling, and mm -hmm. you're not live, yep. how can that uh, really translate uh, going into the season? Oh, yeah, that's one of our, you know, our pillars on defense, celebrate success. You know, if a guy has success, you should be – sprinting to him. You should want to be the first guy, you know, to help him up off the ground, go celebrate with him. And um, so the fun is in winning. And, you know, when you're making plays, that, that's all it's about. But um, I just think, you know, the energy and mainly the confidence, especially like in the defensive back room, confidence is half the battle. So we're going out there, know what we're doing, know that we're going to dominate. I think it's just going to translate throughout the, throughout camp, throughout the season. What are you seeing in the secondary just in terms of you know, the young guys that have been mm -hmm. added and Greg stepping up. Mm -hmm. What do you think the outlook is for you guys? I just, I like the continuity. You know, we lost Troy, but besides that, you know, I think it's a pretty much got everyone back. Um, you know, our core group of guys. And like you said, Greg stepping in. I think that'll help out, you know, not just Greg. You know, every, Denzel's been taking nickel reps. I just think that'll help, you know, the versatility between our whole room. Uh, I think, you know, Ronnie, Grant, they might end up playing nickel as well, dime position. So, the more you can do, you know, the more you can do in this league, the longer you're going to last. So I think the continuity is the biggest thing for us. We're all me meshing well with each other. Are you, are you more of the deep safety now, pretty much full time? Uh, I, we'll see. But, you know, I think I'm most comfortable back there. I think I can make the most plays back there. So why not be back there and um, just have fun with it, keep getting better at it each day? Hey, John, did you know Deshaun before he got here?
I had bumped into him a few times, but I didn't really, yeah, just casual, just, hey, what's going on? I not even introduced myself. I mean, I don't know if you knew who I was. I obviously knew who he was, but, yeah, just a few times. No relationship, though. So along the lines of what Jimmy asked you, do you think this team's prepared to have this potentially, like, hover over this season and, and beyond? Can they handle that? I think, I think so. Uh, you know, the thing going into the offseason was, you know, get a backup quarterback when Case Keenum departed. Um, I think Jacoby Brissett, he's been a starter on teams. And even as a backup, when the starter went down, he stepped right in and, you know, did a pretty good job. So I think we're prepared on paper for it. Um, you know, we've got to see throughout training camp, keep competing with each other, make each other better. So all three of those guys can end up stepping up and, and playing a role. Josh Dobbs, you know, we're going to push him on defense. I know we are. But um, I think anybody will be ready to, to do it. But we want four back there, but I think we'll be ready. Boy, he's looked great. He's looked great. feels like it's an interception about every week. So he's been uh... – Another one picked up today. He's been great. And uh, he really, as the season went on last year, you really started to see how special he could be. And I think you're going to see more of that this That's year. That's exactly where I was going. It's, it, some things changed. The way he was being used and, and moving him around a little bit changed halfway through the season. And he has taken off from there. And it'll be interesting because, it, it, you know, Anthony Walker Jr. has been the green dot guy. Mm -hmm. You know, the guy that's got the uh, the – the headphone and the connection to the sideline. But there was a time last year where JJ three had it. Yeah. And I'm wondering, you know, I, I know that some of the young guys have been pushing for playing time. I wonder if JJ three ends up with that defensive signal caller. He wore it in him. LA when yeah. he was at the Rams. He had it. So yeah, I mean, he, he certainly is used to it. Uh, coming up a little bit later on, Peter King's 22 most influential people in the NFL for this season. Coming up next, we go around the sports world, including Patrick Mahomes with an interesting business opportunity in Kansas City. And C.J. Stroud, the Ohio State quarterback, is driving what? We will get to that story as well. Cleveland Browns Daily 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Your business is shopping for an enterprise operating systems partner, but you don't know where to start. I can help you. Go see my friends at EOX Vantage. They're data scientists and business operation experts all in one. Your EOX Vantage team not only builds and installs your system, they act as your ongoing tech support, so you're hiring a continuous improvement and support system. EOX Vantage is not tied to any single brand of hardware or software. You're getting a truly customized, purpose-built solution, along with a partner that answers only to you. And EOX Vantage is not outsourced, so all the operational expertise, proprietary solutions, and tech support come from one unified partner. See how companies have profited from hiring one fully objective operating systems partner at EOXVantage.com. Com as we go saw them the at the golf world. outing the other day yeah oh yeah they're, they're great they're great yeah absolutely great really nice people really good people yeah absolutely so uh i just got an email from bootsy's teacher it's the kindergarten memories slideshow so that'll have me in a puddle of tears as soon as i watch it Let's yeah there'll be some sappy music behind it oh some for pictures. sure it's yeah. the music that gets it's you the music the for pictures. sure yeah yeah so this is their they go from kindergarten to first grade or whatever they do like a clap out thing here's the issue though like it he's full day kindergarten so it's not that much of a difference going from kindergarten to first but like we we've yeah. got preschool graduation I know, there's we've a got lot. kindergarten yeah, graduation a lot of fifth them. grade graduation correct eighth grade graduation there's a lot of them there's a lot there's a lot of them for sure yeah um i saw a couple of things in the sports world day get to the golf thing in a second i know for a fact 
if not on this show, absolutely on other things that I may do, I have said, without a doubt, it's not like quarterbacks are going to be driving around in Bentleys on campus until they are. Until they are. So this has happened. This has happened. This has gotten so big, so quick. Uh, It is completely without any sort of guardrails. And so Ohio State quarterback C.J. Stroud is driving around a $150,000 Bentley SUV in Columbus. He's going to be the number one pick in the draft more than likely than not. Um, And so now the quiet part is just being done that used to be done behind the scenes is now just being done above board. So it's a pretty remarkable thing. I mean, it's it's the same Bentley that Odell had. Do you remember the orange one Odell had here? It's that one. That's what he has. That's what he's driving around. Like everybody thought NIL would be kids making money on autographs or appearances or selling jerseys. Nobody thought it would be two million bucks for a quarterback. But that's what happened in a year. This thing's been around for a year. Name image like this has been around for a year. Can we talk about because I think you were on vacation while you were on assignment. You were definitely not on vacation. I was not on vacation. No, No, let me clarify that. (laughs) Not on on vacation. I don't think we talked about the Ryan Day comments to uh, the city leaders. Yeah. And saying it's going to probably cost $13 million a year in NIL to keep this program at the level you want it to be. It, it, just one clarification. It's going to take $13 million for me to keep the team we currently have, not the team that I have to continue to recruit. Yeah. In order to keep these guys here, it's going to cost $13.1 million. It was a stunning thing that was said out loud. So that was a meeting of business leaders – in Columbus that he met in front of at what I would describe as a DEFCON 2 situation. Like, hey, this is where we're at. I need this money now. Now, the juxtaposition of a guy making $9.5 million in a an athletic department that makes $90 million a year just from television revenue is not lost on me, the awkwardness of him asking for more money. I understand that that's a weird thing, but that's where we are. Until they compensate and do a revenue share with the players in the revenue sports, this is where it's at. There is no other way to handle this. It will revert to the normal little. I don't think you'll see this type of money being thrown around three years from now, but this is nevertheless the way that it's going to be. And it was a big, big deal that the head coach at a place like Ohio State went on the record and said that. He was on the record knowingly, too, and the reason I know that is this story only came out because Doug Lee Maurice, who we've had on the show, friend of the program, Doug Maurice was in attendance. You say, well, how is he in attendance? It's a business meters. He registered Cleveland.com as a business. And he had a placard that said Doug Maurice, Cleveland.com. Smart man. So that, well, very. And that's how this all came about. Um, there was a story today from James Franklin who was asked about the money, and he said, I can tell you it's a lot more than what's been reported. So that's how much money is flowing into that sport right now. It's a wild thing. Now, I'm going to say this. It's interesting to me. We're hearing about it in college football, but we're not hearing about it in college basketball. And I feel like that could – I don't understand why I'm not seeing that as much. There aren't that many schools that care that much about college hoops. We all love March Madness. Sure. But in terms of the programs, there are – in the SEC alone, every program except for Vanderbilt believes that they're entitled – to like a national championship. You may laugh, but Arkansas thinks they're entitled to that. I promise you. Kentucky thinks, hey, right coach, what's stopping us? Missouri, maybe not, but everybody else thinks they're entitled to it. The two Oklahoma schools, the Texas, in the Big Ten, 
Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State, Nebraska. Nebraska hasn't won, hasn't been a bowl game since 2016. They still yeah. view themselves that way. Notre Dame, USC, Oregon. Think of the amount of schools in college football that think that they – the ACC, Clemson, Miami, Florida State – all those programs view themselves as being able to be at the to win national titles in college basketball. It's like Duke, Carolina, Kentucky, Kansas, Kansas. UCLA. Yeah, maybe, maybe. maybe. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's it. So that's why it's because there are so so many more places view themselves as elite in football, and football is more important. Basketball, the only place you could say that it's absolutely more important is duke carolina kansas kentucky ucla indiana i mean there's a few but not much no not much so i think that's the reason i it's just been that way. I, I found it interesting because i i like basketball players can command some cash maybe it's the one and done well it's hard to make that impact too like we i mean kentucky's been doing one and done for over a decade in basketball they've only won one national title yeah duke's been doing one and done almost exclusively for the last almost decade they've got one in that time so it, there's not a direct correlation to like get these players get a bunch of these players go win a they title win. you know like anthony edwards is at georgia ben simmons was at lsu kate cunningham is at oklahoma state like there isn't a direct correlation to get the best player go win a national title in college football you get the best recruiting classes you win national titles and then it, what what Ryan Day and this is the part this thing hasn't happened yet not to full not to the full throat of it what it could be what Ryan Day is saying with the three thirteen point one million is next year this entire like let's say it actually could have happened this year it didn't but it could have let's say this year C J Stroud Jackson Smith and Jigba Travion Henderson all put their names in the portal and said highest bidder like how much money is C J Stroud worth to Texas A and M who has everything but a quarterback. To or Texas, Georgia, who's trying or to get Texas, back to relevance. All of those that have infinite money to spend. Jackson Smith and Jigma, what would he be worth on the free market? You know? I mean, it's – so that's the thing that he's warning against, and that hasn't happened yet. But that's where we're headed. That Jordan um, – the kid at Pitt, put him, the one, the Blitnikoff, he put himself yeah. on the open market and got a deal at USC for over $3 million. It's yeah. a receiver. And that – I mean, he's not a quarterback. That's what Saban was talking about. I know he ruffled feathers with some of the comments that he made. But if he ruffled feathers, then the truth hurts. To, well, and, and if, if it drew a response from the state of Alabama to to rally around him and his football program, so be it. But he knows. He sees the writing on the wall. Yeah. Like, you're, I'm going to need a lot more money to make us competitive and, more importantly, to keep us competitive. As long as they're married to the nonsense that they aren't employees. If they would just acknowledge yep. their employees and give them a cut of it, then this goes away. And then guys like Saban and Ryan and all these guys could get control back because then they could have salary caps and pay players based on their value as opposed to right now that what Saban's complaining about is there's no control over it. The coaches control none of it. Yeah. So that's why it's tricky. Did you see that uh, Pat Mahomes uh, is taking a Whataburger to Kansas City? No. He's doing it. You've had Whataburger, right? I have. Yeah, they had one. They had one in uh, Tallahassee when I was down there. I was unaware. I only ate it once when I was down there, and it was early on in my tenure, um, and I never really thought to go back to it. Um, and it was before I realized it, that it had legendary status. You know, I didn't realize until later the way that it was revered, especially in, in Texas. If there was one fast food that you could put here, 
what would it be that we don't have? It feels like we have almost everything other What's than like In-N-Out. In is that what? In-N-Out. In-N-Out Burger. In-N-Out's L.A., yeah. And then Whataburger's like the Texas version of that. And then what's the one that we have now? We have one in Pinecrest, the burger joint from Shake Shack. Yeah. We have those now. They do a nice job. There's one of those in the airport now. Yeah, and, and that, the problem is with some of these burger joints, I love, love the burger, don't love the fries. Well, that's the and same the thing with In-N-Out. Yeah, that's, that's the In-N-Out problem. Yeah, you like, just – I had the smartest – guy was last time I had In-N-Out. It's been a long time. But instead of doing the fries, he just did two double-doubles. That's what I did. And that's a win. Actually, that, that is exactly that's what, you what did? I did yeah. in Vegas when we were taking the red eye home. Yeah. Yeah, do the two uh, double we doubles. Stopped you don't before need... we dropped the car off at the in and out My buddy was like, I want an in and out I'm like, let's go. Sold, yeah. I walked in. I'm like, I don't want a combo. They're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, give me two burgers. Yep, save the day. fries. I'm going to sleep well on the flight home. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I like that play out of you. Um, so the, the – the live tour that was prob by the way the RBS guys had a lot of fun with the Phil Mickelson question Q and A which was comedy Oof, good job out of them brutal I mean by the way these British reporters like they're not putting up with it they yeah, they will no free pass no 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 one point the guy asked him what are you apologizing for you know like what are you apologizing for then he lists the possible things he could be apologizing for it was comedy uh, obviously, they're all doing it for the money. I don't think they need to say it. I think we all know it, uh, why they're doing it. It's transformational money. It's, I mean, $200 million is a hard to wrap your head around. And you can say, oh, I wouldn't do that because of this, this, and this. But the reality is if it has the option to be checked into your checking account, most people would probably take the money. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of money, even for people who have a lot, which is why I think it's remarkable Tiger said no to $900 million, reportedly. That's, that's unbelievable to me that, that he would do that. Um, when you're talking about that kind of money. So they've added players now for this June event in Portland. So um, you have uh, DeChambeau, you have Patrick Reed. Patrick Reed. He's not a, any sort of thing. I think Justin Thomas was asked about it today at the RBC, and he said, look, these guys are – what do you want me to say? Like, I wish we didn't have to keep talking about it, but they're entitled to do whatever they want. I'm not going to like DJ any less because of this, and that's, that's just the way that it goes. I do think – I'm surprised that the PGA Tour has not responded yet. Publicly, nothing. I don't know if they're waiting for these guys to play around, which I think will take place on Friday. I don't know if they're gonna what what when they're gonna do something on that. If they're gonna hold to their lifetime bans, Phil Mickelson has a lifetime pass to the PGA Tour, lifetime membership based on accomplishments. So are they gonna revoke that? Are they gonna take all that away? I have no idea. But this will this has an absolute the potential to splinter this sport, which isn't in the strongest place anyway, because they don't have any stars. So it's not great anyway. Nine former major champions playing on this tour now. Nine? Nine. You have Mickelson. Hold on, hold on. Okay. Phil, DJ, Graham McDowell, uh, Sergio. Are we saying DeChambeau, even though he's not hasn't played yet? Is he, are you counting him? No. Or you're not counting him. Um, Westwood never won a major. Keimer. Oh, DeChambeau is counted. So is Reed. Sorry. DeChambeau, Reed. Keimer, yep. All right, so I got to seven. Who am I missing? Schwartzel. Oh, Charles Schwartzel. Yep. Louis Oosthuizen. Ah, yes, Louis. Okay, all right. Nine major champions. Like, nothing to slough off at. Yeah. I saw a tweet. I'm going to give him full credit. Anthony Lima. Okay. Um tweeted out something 
this morning, I think. I liked it. I loved it, actually. Um, if you're Firestone, why not try to get a tournament? Yeah, so that goes to the question of are you willing to do business with the Saudis? Yeah. And if you are, then yes. I mean, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago with the PGA Championship. Like, it's been forever since Ohio. I mean, it sucks that Northeast Ohio does not have – that Northern Ohio does not have a regular tour stop. Inverness I, – I, isn't Inverness on the U.S. Open at some point in the next decade? Yes. Or PGA? Like, yeah. it's going back there at some point. I've never been to Inverness. Is it what it's cracked up to be? Have you been there? No. I, I, okay. Not great from what I've heard. Like, it's yeah. not – it's not something that you get done playing and just go, oh. 2027 U.S. Women's Open Championship. Well, that's not what we're talking about. The 2029 U.S. Amateur. So it's not hosting a U.S. Open? Not according so to we this. are not. we do not have a single one on the, on the schedule for Ohio? No. Like, if I'm Firestone... I was robbed by the PGA Tour because they took your tournament and they gave it to Memphis because of Memphis and their being the home Did, of FedEx. Didn't they take it because of um, – well, they took it because of money. Yeah, FedEx. Right. FedEx, you know, FedEx and there wasn't – Firestone didn't want to keep – didn't want to keep sponsoring it, right? Wasn't that the deal? They had moved their corporate out, and so that was it. But that's, that's the place to do it. If you're not going to play a major at Mirfield Village, and yeah. by the way, dude, the pushback I got, I don't know if you and I have talked about that. No. The pushback I got from important people when I said, hey, we ever think about holding a major here? Won't be happening anytime soon. No. Is no. what you're telling me. Not anytime soon. No. No. They would, but n- not at the risk of giving up the memorial. They will not give up the memorial. If I'm, if I'm a course like Firestone that's been stripped, even though I've done nothing wrong, well, you didn't do anything right either because you didn't have a sponsor to go into it. Like, they would have needed somebody to write the check to host it. They, I, I didn't, I wanna, wasn't the deal they didn't have the sponsorship? I don't think so. I think the core, it was taken and given to Memphis because Memphis is the home of FedEx. It was, it was moved out because the PGA was moving things around. I could be wrong on that. I'm under the impression that because I ha- my nephew lives in Memphis and he belongs I, I, to that club. No, you're 100% um, right in that they wanted to, because there was so much money in the FedEx cha- FedEx Cup, they wanted to give something to Memphis. But I, do, I also think that there it was also, it's, the way I remember it, it was also a situation where Firestone did not have sponsorship lined up to continue to host that thing. And that, it, it could be the case. But if I'm Firestone, why not make the call? Like, if you're not going to bring a tour stop to me anytime soon, with all due respect to the seniors or the Champions League or, you know, the, the up-and-coming tour, I, I don't want any of those. I want the names. And th- if this is how I get the names back, well, it's the price of doing business, I guess. I think you make the call if you're Firestone. I would not – yeah. I mean, in the end – yeah, it's the same thing the players are doing. Like, do you you, yeah. you want the association? That's it. And I think once what you're seeing in the PGA is once one guy makes it and says, "Yeah, I'm okay with it," then others will follow. It is it, it, going back to everything that we have said this week. It is surprising that 
after they met with the agents of all these golfers last week at the memorial that the PGA has not responded to one of these. Oh, the only I just have to assume they're just waiting on them to actually play. I mean, they're available. They're playing the RBC up in Canada right now. They're available to to be to talk. There's got to be a commissioner on hand who can speak to this. I'd like to think so. And say this is where we stand on this. If they don't do the lifetime ban thing, I I feel like they're just, you're just going to have more and more guys bleed off. Yeah, because you're not paying. No. This is, this is salary positions now. Now you get paid whether you win or not. Just by showing up, you get paid. It's wild. Absolutely wild. Um, my guys at Homage, by the way, dropped some uh, brand-new NFL Jam uh, T-shirts, and ours is a good one. It's uh, Miles and Nick. Really? Garrett Chubb. Yeah, it's strong. They did a good job with that. Very good job with that. It's a good one. Um, all right, coming up next, Peter King's Football Morning in America, the 22 most influential people in the NFL for this season. It's coming up next. you listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. All my friends at Bath Authority give you that bathroom of your dreams and you can transform your current bathroom into just that in about a day. They have the largest selection of bath projects. They're all made in the United States. You can change your bathroom from outdated to outstanding again in about a day. Acrylic tubs, they insulate, keep the heat in. If you need to do a tub to shower conversion, they have that for you. Superior products with expert installers. If you give them a call right now, you get 500 bucks off your next custom bath or shower remodel. That number is 216-220-8399 or go to thebathauthority.com and they will take care of you on that front. Uh, let, let's save the Peter King thing. We, we'll do sure. that. We can do that tomorrow. Most influential. We got plenty influential. of time. We got, time. We got two more. We days. got two more days here, so that's that's fine. We'll do that at this point. Um, yeah, Fontana remembers it how I do. That Bridgestone bailed out, moved the corporate headquarters, and so that the not it, it was both. We're both right, I think. That the FedEx wanted one in Memphis, and they wanted that to be a bigger deal yep. because they were paying for the FedEx Cup, but also that there wasn't a corporate sponsor ready for Firestone to to have the event there. And it's really a shame that there's not another one, that we only have one in the state of Ohio. It was nice. They were kind of bookend. That one was in August. Memorial yeah. was at the end of May. Like, it was kind of nice it was always beginning like and end of summer. We get, like, there was almost too much because you had Hall of Fame weekend Hall of Fame. and the, the golf tournament. Yeah, you had a preseason game. You had a Browns preseason game. You had the, the, uh, the World Golf Championship event at Firestone, and then you had – the Hall of Fame. So you had all of those things happening and, at once. And that's – it wasn't just a tour stop at Firestone. It was the WGC. You had to be in the top 50 to oh, even be able to play. Like, correct. Yeah. I've not been down there. I've not been down there to play. Um, I got I a lot of buddies who are members, but I've never been down there. No, I have not. I played the – they have two courses. I think I they have the three, other, don't they? You're right. They have North, three. North, South, West, I've I think. I've been – to I played one of the other ones. I've not played the main one. Yeah. Yeah. Don't and, worry. I sucked well, at that one. Well, too. the ones every everybody tells me that everybody it's what's the south? Is that the one that's the tournament course? I think so. That yes. you don't want any part of that unless you're like Zagura. Long hit. Long. Yeah. You got to you got to hit long the straight. Line. Yeah. That's the way that that goes on that front. Um but it's a shame because it's you you have to And by the way, Cincinnati's never hosted anything. I have to imagine there's good clubs in Cincinnati that haven't hosted anything 
and, and they've never they've never had anything. Um, what is the steakhouse in Akron that everyone goes to? That tournament, it's not Ken Ruth Stewart. Chris. Ken no, Stewart. it's not Ken Stewart's. No? Uh, Ken Stewart's is great, but that's not it either. There's one that's that you can find. Yeah, where there's one more that's that, that that like Nance and all those guys would go to at the tournament. Uh, love Ken Stewart's, both the lodge and the steakhouse. They both do a great job. But there was, no, 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 no. There was a, there's another one that it's it's independent. Um, yeah, I'm going to get a thousand tweets on this in a, in a matter of seconds. Uh, on a completely other end of the culinary spectrum, did you see the Taco Bell that opened today in Minneapolis, Gibbe? No. I'm a big fan of Taco Bell. Uh, Google it because I just want to say, just put new Taco Bell Minneapolis. I wanted live tell the people your response to taking a look at this thing. High tech drive through. Four lanes. So they took the restaurant and they elevated it. They have four lanes. You order on an app or on a touchscreen. The food drops down like a tunnel, and you pick it up and drive off. How good is that? Okay, first and foremost. That's the future of fast food right there, I literally had this conversation with my wife over the weekend. Well. We went and got Taco Bell for lunch. That's incredible. And and we, we stopped in to pick it up. You know, I ordered it on the app, and, and then I went in. And I'm standing there. It wasn't ready yet. It wasn't I, I got there a few minutes early. And I'm looking around at this restaurant with no one in it. And everything, like, you walk in, you order from mm-hmm. – you don't even talk to someone until they give you your food. That's right. I looked at my wife. I go, why is the store even open? Like, the drive-thru well, line is around the block. Just put the – just make it all mobile or put the – like, you could shrink the building. Like, you shrink yes. the property and just have some stands, and they just bring it out to you. Like, a little waiting area that holds, like, nine or ten people. And do your thing. This is ingenious. No, it is. It looks it's, like, it's it looks really like good. a bank. It's very, very good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Diamond Grill is the place. Uh, Andrew and Philip reminding me Diamond Grill in Canton or is in Akron is the place uh, I, I I have not eaten there and then uh, Big tweets at us Bakers in Canton is another place but that would probably be more Hall of Fame yeah type would be would they would go down to there but the, it's Diamond Grill is the one I was thinking of in Akron uh, so much more to come you'll see Cleveland Browns Daily on eight fifty ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. If a car, truck, or motorcycle accident causes your injury, call the injury lawyers at 1-800-ELK-OHIO for a free case review. Elk and Elk is a proud partner of your Cleveland Browns. There's probably only – it's Mirfield and it's Firestone. That's it in the state. Because the other great ones are – you know, there's, you know Columbus got four of the top 100 clubs in the world, but three of them are ultra-private. They're not set up for stadium golf. Well, and the other problem is – can you lengthen the holes? They did that at uh, Scioto. They did that down there. They did they they lengthened that a little bit, and they had a U.S. Senior Open there. Um, Canterbury's had stuff in the past, but they I don't know if they have, I've never been there. I don't know if they have the geography. It's to, fantastic, I'm sure. It's but very the, tough. but do they have the geography there to make it bigger if it needed to be? Uh, they have the ability to accommodate crowds, but from lengthening the course, I don't know. Yeah, could be. Uh, All right, we are back tomorrow. Enjoy your first Friday. Act accordingly, everybody. The next level is coming up next. Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland.
You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and ESPN 850 WKNR.